Welcome to a brand new episode of Worst Song Ever, the podcast that bet it all on the big game. Lost it all, but don't worry. I've got an inside track. We're going to get it all back. I am your host, Jason. Each week, we attempt to create the worst song ever from start to finish, all within a short period of time. That was last week's song, Innuendo Product Placement. Um, that's, I don't believe that's what we called it at all, I, but I just keep no changing the word innuendo at any time. Well, I keep changing week. the topics, of the names and the titles of each of these songs each time I say them. I Do I lose I, credibility every time, or I had none I, you, to... Yeah, I don't think that... Like once you hit zero, I don't know that there's a lot of negatives here that matter. <laughs> I'm more into the should I be naming the songs more deliberately so that you know what the names of them are. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure I'll pay attention. <laughs> I am your host, Jason. We have Mike and Jeremy as our other two co-hosts of this podcast. Uh, my question to each of you, purchase that you made in the middle of the night that you instantly regretted the next day. Didn't have to be drunk at the time. Maybe food drunk. Uh, Mike, what's your uh, your first thought? There are a lot to choose from. I think the one that I probably had the most stories to tell about was there was a thing that was a food blender. Uh, it was called a Thunderstick Pro. And great name. Yes, and when yeah, I did ordered, you, it doesn't make me think of a blender. <laughs> right, right. And when I ordered it and it arrived and it said Thunderstick Pro, my wife picked up the package, and um, yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. Yeah. And she, uh, the next time I saw her, she's like, I didn't open this yet. And did you buy us a marital aid? <laughs> uh, it turns out it was actually a really nice kitchen, <laughs> kitchen utensil. <laughs> I mean, the term marital aid is, it, it, it insinuates one thing, but it could mean a plethora of other things. Like if it helps you in the kitchen, it, it is a marital aid of sorts. Right. Yeah. No, it was it was a very powerful like stick blender and everything. And it broke eventually, but it was actually the motor was amazing. It was some of the accessories were not so good. Still can't tell what you're talking about. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, what have you purchased in the middle of the night? Uh, you regret it the next day. I mean, I paid for porn before, which is, you know, kind of sacrilege. <laughs> um, but that's, you know, you're fine with for about, you know, five minutes and then you regret it. The moment of shame fits it. So yeah. Good. Yeah. I've never, I'm not, I, I can't say I've never ordered anything off of TV. So I feel like you're missing out. I, I probably am. <laughs> I've gotten way too many things mailed to me from my mom from QVC. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's, she mailed me some things too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, How, that bowl set is very tasteful, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right. We have a Twitter account where we are at Worst Song Pod. Each week we follow a new musician. We haven't decided who we're following this week. I, I, I have a feeling that. We're going to BS about it, and by the end of this, we're going to just name a random thing or institution to follow. My first question to you guys, I was I was watching a, a 2007 George Carlin interview about the importance of not giving a shit. That's really one of the things that I love so much about the idea of this podcast is not caring, really going for greatness <laughs> or in our own way, and you know, just seeing where it ends up. Who to you embodies this idea of not giving shit in a fun, creative, inspiring way? Jeremy? My first thought was someone like Andrew WK, who's hyper-focused on one thing to the kind of exclusion of others, everything else, but that's not quite what you mean. I, I mean, I don't know. I've never heard the George Carlin bit you're talking about. Well, but. it was just an interview where it wasn't necessarily a stand-up bit. It was an uh, interview with him. Where, mm -hmm. you know, he, he just talked a lot about 
the freedom that you get if you worry too much about what other people think mm. then that's when art dies and that's what i mean in terms of not caring no um elon musk because uh that guy has had such an interesting just level of pr he did he yeah he just kind of throw shit out there and whatever sticks sticks some people see him as the the next great thing or the biggest thing that's ever happened and some yeah. people see him as a bond villain yeah I, I, he's the, kind of both the swing of of where people place him is 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 very interesting i like that answer a lot yeah that, i mean that's because yeah he doesn't really worry about it you know that's why he got sued by that uh guy in uh, Thailand or Vietnam or wherever it was, where and also I think the SEC he was he had to yeah. give a bunch of money for violating their rules. Um, yeah, for him just all, you know. all of a sudden he's just like, hey, guess what? We're gonna have flamethrowers for no reason. Hey, five hundred bucks, you can buy them. <laughs> you can buy a flamethrower for a lot cheaper than that. <laughs> Probably on TV I, in the middle of the night, and regret yeah. it uh, the next day. Mike, I, I don't know if anybody stood out to you or if... Uh, I mean, there's two bands that I think have pretty famous stories. There's probably way, way, way more than this. But, you know, when you do an album and the label's about ready to cut you and you say, okay, we're going to... Well, if we have one more album, we're going to do it on our own terms. And uh, Queen definitely did that with the uh, album. With, did they? Yeah. With Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, that was definitely a an album that people... I don't think the album was actually called Bohemian Rhapsody. It's sketchy what it was called. But they uh, that was an album they wanted to make that the record label basically was like, no, no, no. And they finally said, yes, yes, yes. And obviously really was part of it because the out uh, the like the song was way too long. Yeah, the song was put on radio. Yeah, the song was too loud. They wanted to do a song, um, you know, more about like cars and other like, you know, 60s Beach Boys type of things. And, and um, I mean, Queen can do anything. So they did what they wanted. And the other was Rush uh after rushes you know a couple couple albums that did pretty well and then a couple that didn't do so well and i'm not even sure they're about the numbers but the label was going to drop them particularly in the u.s i think in canada they were a little more popular no surprise but uh you know and then they they come out with uh 2112 and it was kind of a we're going to do an album on our on our terms and i mean if you know much about rush 2112 was what made rush so you know, it was basically there. Okay, if we're if we're going out, we're going out on our terms. And then the, you know, the label was not thrilled with it. But some of the DJs back then, DJs had a lot of influence. You know, about what became popular and what didn't, and they just thought it was amazing. And so it got picked up. And you know, now the stuff the stuff's classic rock staples. I mean, it's the holy trio. I don't know, uh, Jeremy. You're much more of a rap person, and I. I it reminds me a little bit of like somebody like Lil Wayne who was fighting with his record label and basically oh yeah, was a whole, he wasn't getting enough money and you know, they mm -hmm. didn't support him. And basically he was like, screw it. I'm not going to do any more commercial albums anymore. And so yeah. like he's put out some several mixtapes and he's mm -hmm. like collaborated for, and put all of his money out, uh, music out for free um, with like T-Pain or whoever. And I mean, shoot, that's not even how people are. Musicians are mostly making their music from anymore. From what I understand. I mean, Maybe Spotify yeah, has really changed. Yeah, album that. sales don't like that's not how you make your money. You know, Chance put out all of his records for free, and it's mostly like touring and yeah, t-shirts. It's, it's all touring and t-shirts. He yeah. also does that hockey. He had like a partnership with the White Sox for a while, which I I, I don't know a ton about, but I'm guessing they had to have paid him some money. Well, he also does the uh, 
you know the black uh, the black reporter doing hockey on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> that's yeah, that's pretty good. I didn't realize that was more than one skit. There are dozens on YouTube. <laughs> so, really, it's, it's, it's amazing. Like he partnered with the NHL at some point on it. So I figured uh, a topic that might actually that might spark a little bit more conversation. Album that you love but missed it when it came out. It came out years later, and maybe you can't brag that that you heard it. Because everybody already did. Jeremy? I don't know. DJ Shadow's first album, I didn't hear for probably 10 years after it came out. Um, and it's incredible. I don't know much about DJ Shadow. It was the, I know they did some stuff with Run the Jewels. Or he, he did. did. He did. Yeah. Uh, well, it, his first album was the first album created entirely from samples. Like, there's no instruments played on it. It's him chopping and doing things to samples. Mike, you uh, had a lot lot on this topic so many i mean there's 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 a couple different things that i think are really interesting in that there's one is maybe you heard the album or you heard songs from it and didn't like it and then years later you liked it a whole lot more um i would say tool was definitely in that camp for me uh when i first heard it was not impressed at all uh and now there are certain songs from tool that i'm just i think are near perfection in terms of how good they are musically uh, is it the lyrics? Is it the the way they, it's they the put together? It's the, uh, I mean, they change time signatures like it's nobody's business. They change key signatures. They 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 are skilled skilled musicians. And what what really makes a a skilled musician is when you're listening to it, you can't like the casual listener. It's not complicated to hear. It doesn't feel like they're trying too hard. But when you really dig in, you can tell they are and like not trying too hard, but they're just very, very advanced in what they're doing. But it doesn't sound like they're trying to be very advanced. And to me, that's like a big difference between, say, Tool and Dream Theater. Uh, Dream that's, Theater feels like it's super complicated every time I listen to it. And I'm just like, but they're just trying to be complicated or yes, or, you know, uh, King Crimson or, you know, like there's just a, a bunch of those kinds of, I would say, prog rock bands that are so complicated that they're just not. I don't enjoy listening to them because it's like effort. Whereas it's like Tools, they but, are. It's like when somebody's so good at something, they make it look easy and they're doing something so comp, like they're doing this complicated thing that's so hard uh, in a such a skilled way that it's effortless. Right. Or at least, well, it's even effortless to the listener, which I think is really what matters. Like, you know, a musician might understand all the the things going on there or, you know, especially musicians of a certain type or caliber, but not to say that I am, but I'm just, you know, you might understand those things. And then, but as a listener, you're not sitting there catching like, what's going on? What are they doing? This sounds off, you know, because sometimes really advanced music actually sounds really weird at times. And, you know, I, I think Tool's pretty good at not doing that. But I think uh, two albums, well, three albums, I guess, that really stick out for me that I didn't hear until much, much later that I got into. Uh, Van Morrison Moondance, which came out before I was born. And I think I liked, you know, I knew Brown Eyed Girl kind of growing up in high school and stuff like that. And I think it was in college that I got into Moondance. And that is such a great album, just front to back. And you actually turned me on to that album. It was, mm-hmm. I, I specifically bought that one because you told me to. Uh, I remember where I was. It was one of those albums that I, <laughs> I remember where I was whenever I, I, bought it and listened to it for the first few times yeah it's i mean i have a couple albums that hang on my wall in my office and that is one of them like on vinyl in a frame another one arcade fire funeral i had i had heard arcade fire for a while i figured it was some hipster emo band you know kind of like you know hawthorne heights or you know just kind of in that like just 
genre that I was not that interested in. And then finally I, you know, somehow, somehow ended up listening to that album. No idea how, don't remember it at all. And it was just like, I don't know what this is, but this is amazing. And then somebody told me it was Arcade Fire and the album was called Funeral. And I, I think I bought it the next day and listened to the whole thing front to back. And to this day, it is probably my top 10 favorite albums of all time. And such a great album. Two others. I have a lot of these. Uh, <laughs> just started with you. Yeah. New Pornographers, Challengers is the name of the album, which is not their most famous album. Like Mass Romantics is probably the one that most people know. But uh, I got into this because I was doing some coding. Uh, and in one of the files that I was using from somebody else, there was a comment that said I was listening to this song by the, on this album while I was writing this. And so I was trying to fix a bug and I was like, maybe if I listen to the same music that this person was listening to, <laughs> I will understand what's going on. Um, Did it work? I have no idea, but man, is that album good? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so no is the answer. I, I think it did because I, I don't remember having the bug later, but I, it was it was a really trivial bug too. But I was just like, man, if you put in the comment of what you were listening to while you were writing this, I am going to go listen to it. That's amazing. Um, and it's such a good album. That, got, that turned me on to the new pornographers just top to bottom. Yeah, And the last one was Gomez, uh, How We Operate. I heard uh, a couple Gomez songs on XM radio as I was scrolling through different channels and ended up just buying like the first Gomez album that I saw because that was really interesting. None of the songs on How We Operate were any of the ones that I had heard on the radio. And How We Operate, again, to this day, one of my favorite bands of all time uh, or one of my favorite albums of all time from one of my favorite bands. I love, I love Gomez, but uh, there's not a lot of rock bands that could lead with a banjo that don't sound. I don't know what the right word is. That don't annoy me the way like Mumford does. Pretentious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like Mumford and Sons or like the Lumineers, you know, like they have like this real light clappy sound where you clap every now and then and you play a banjo and Maybe you say oh and mm a bunch and which mm. you need to do more in songs. Maybe la la's and shana nas. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've we have talked about that before, but the, uh, <laughs> but I mean Gomez, how we operate. If you just want a darn good rock album, top to bottom, spectacular, and also a great show live. So the two I'd throw out for me, <clears throat> this is one of them is kind of in the vein of uh, what Mike was talking about. I I read an article about. Who's saying Mr. Bright? Who, uh, Mr. Brightside? The Killers. The Killers. The Killers. Oh, uh, the Killers had an art. Uh, had an article that said they had recorded an entire album, and they heard the Strokes' "This Is It" album, and said to themselves, "What songs do we have that are as good as anything on this album? And if it's not as good, we're going to throw it away." And everything they threw away except for Mr. Brightside, and I was like. That's got to be a really good Strokes album. So I had to go listen to it last year. Also, 40 Ounces of Freedom by Sublime. It it was one of those. I I, I don't know if I just talk. I don't know if I missed it because I lived in the Midwest. Because when I moved to California, everybody knew it front to back. And it was like their favorite album in high school. And it was gritty. You know, I'd heard their self, you know, everything on the radio, their self-titled album. But the 40 Ounces of Freedom, I, I just felt like it was such a beautiful album. It, just, it had enough grit to it. It was not super, super reggae. Like, it had that reggae infused, had a little bit of that punk ska in there to really differentiate itself from a lot of different bands. It wasn't as polished as, as their popular album. I just loved it a lot. And There's something, something to be said about catching something late. 
So I definitely knew one of the Sublime albums front to back. I don't know if it was 40 ounces. What's the one that has what I got? Is that 40 ounces of freedom or is not? No, no that okay. was the self-titled. That was major label. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that that one was definitely a soundtrack for me in high school. Um, not that I had it, but other people, it, when I would ride in other people's vehicles, they had it. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I just remember my favorite part of Sublime was that there was this line, loves what I got, don't start a riot. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember thinking that is some terrible rhyming. <laughs> and I kind of loved it. Uh, I also think that I got a Dalmatian and I can still get high and I can play the guitar like a motherfucking riot is like just a great little stanza. And then the I little guitar it. tweaking, like it's not very complicated. You know, he's playing the guitar like a riot, only it's not. I just, I kind of love the irony in it. Um, so uh, one thing, one of those songs on that album in particular, not the 40 ounces, but if you, in the liner notes, it has the lyrics and I was in high school and I wanted to know all the lyrics and one of the songs, it gives you the first <laughs> verse. And then once it gets to the second verse, it just says, learn Spanish. <laughs> Cause <amazing>. everything was <laughs> like, these guys do not give a fuck. And that's the, I mean, maybe they fall into the category before, especially Bradley. He did not give a fuck. 40 ounces of freedom. This is you know, some of his songs would not fly today in terms of, uh, appropriateness. But I'll ask you a topic from another time. What songs do you like that are totally inappropriate today and you can't sing at karaoke? Because that comes up to me way more often than I'd like. All right. Yeah. Let's write that down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, while I'm writing that down, my next question for you was what musician did you like more or less after hearing a live performance or a live recording? Mike, I'll let you go first. I was trying to think of ones I liked less. Um, I don't go to a ton of shows. And so when I do, they're usually quite good because um, they're bands I really, really want to see. Um, the bands that I got into because of live shows, uh, Brandy Carlisle, I saw her once. I had never heard of her. She was opening for another band that I went to see. Was so great. I uh, just loved it. You know, she's kind of folksy, folky, just like some kind of yodeling with acoustic guitars and stuff, but it's just great songwriter, great band backing her up. I think the weird one that I liked way better after seeing them live was warrant um so i saw a quiet riot <laughs> warrant and poison in one show oh. and quiet riot wasn't please a tell me to start with wasn't a huge fan after the show um, please tell me this was a six dollar concert no and it was in 2017 like, was it at a state fair <laughs> it was, yeah no this was this you're was walking you're next to the pig pens i'm gonna say it was in 2001 and my friend got the tickets from paying for parking at a show the week before so because he paid to park at a show he went to the week before, he got these tickets for free. And he's like, do you want to go see Quiet Wyatt Warrant and Poison? And I was like, oh, yes. yes. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so Quiet Riot, I was not, I've, I was never been a huge Quiet Riot fan. Randy Rhodes isn't with the band because he's dead. So they didn't do a lot for me in live. They were not that special. Warrant, you know, you know a few songs by Warrant. And, but when they played, they were really good. They got a new guitar player. They had just swapped out whoever the longtime Warrant guitar player was the guy new one, and he could he could jam. They were pretty tight because I think Guccelli had been rehearsing because they had a new musician and stuff, and they were really good. <laughs> they had written some new songs. The guy had a spiked bracelet on, the lead singer, and he went to That's wipe his nose because he was sweating, and he ended up stabbing himself in the face, and so there's blood coming down his face and like on his nose. Um, so he had to like take a break for a little bit and get a towel and like kind of you know they did like some extended guitar solos while he was cleaning his his, his face off. Andrew WK would have played through that pain. Right. Yeah, he would have. That, that's fair. Um, 
<laughs> but they played really well. I, I will not say that I went out and bought no more Warrant albums or anything like that, but it was a surprisingly good show, and I had a lot more respect for them afterwards. And then you I didn't saw, buy fewer Warrant albums. Right. I bought the exact same number. Um, okay. so, and then uh, and then Poison. The amazing thing about Poison, this was 2001, I think, and the show was identical to what it would have been in 1987. Well, except it was the exact same girls lifting up their shirts and so showing their boobs that they would have in 1987. <laughs> yeah, in 2001, they were ironically cool again. <laughs> so it was a little bit weird. Um, I felt bad for the people under, operating the jumbotrons because I think they had to uh, move away their camera. The director there was he had his work cut out for him that night. So, um, but all in all. It was a fun show. I mean, it was totally worth the zero dollars I spent on it. So, <laughs> one of my favorite uh, jumbotron experiences was at a basketball game, <clears throat> and it was like on the guy had a two sided sign, and the first one was like, you know, kill the jazz or whatever, and and then he flipped it around and said fuck Carlos Boozer, you know, or something <laughs> like that. And the, the camera guy like he couldn't leave fast enough because he wasn't allowed to throw swear words on there. Like the mad respect for uh cameramen uh at live events, God's sakes. Yeah, that's that's a tough job. Uh Jeremy, did you want to throw anybody in this uh you know I do I probably go to fewer concerts than Mike. But as far as people I've seen live, there was an EDM artist called Elohim that I saw two years ago that I'd never heard of and her album's pretty good. As far as less, I saw the, I saw Oasis on TV and Oasis is a band that you know, the hits are, are all right. And it's just like, this is, it sounds exactly like their album, but you're supposed to be live. I'm a pretty big Oasis fan. I would have, I would have wished I could have seen them when they were together. I think that you like them. Yeah. In person. Less. Yeah. I liked them less because it was like, why would I go see you live when I could listen to it otherwise? Because it was literally, it literally like if they hadn't been, if you hadn't told me it was live, you wouldn't have been able to tell. They also might punch each other in the face though. True. <laughs> Just rolling those dice. Yeah. I was thinking about this mainly because I was listening some to, to some, uh, Tiny desk concerts from NPR, mm-hmm. which is like the whitest thing I could say. <laughs> but I, I, Lizzo was on one, and her music on the radio, I don't really care for. It, it just, I don't know what it is about that. And the same songs that she sang in person without all the pre production, and she was the, you know, her personality got to come through. And I felt like after I left that, I was like, this woman is talented. Like she's got some good energy and just a, like that's a person who I, I want to hear more from and, and get to know more about her personality. And she really stood out to me in terms of like somebody that like, I don't, I wasn't, wasn't really on my radar. I wasn't really listening to very much. And, uh, after that I was like, man, I just want, I just want you to put out acapella like, or acoustic versions of all of your stuff because it was just too overproduced for me. Um, T-Pain also fell into that category. Like he was, the, he did a, a whole set on there without auto-tune. Did I tell you this, Mike? Yeah. It was awesome. He actually can wow. sing. T-Pain without auto-tune, acoustic, with a piano. It was awesome. So you're those blo- are my You're tiny- blowing my mind a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, part of it is you get to hear the the lyrics a little bit more, you know, which is what I, you know, fall into the category of, I, I've talked in the past about um, bluegrass music. Oh, that's but to me that's a whole category of sometimes when a cover song is better than the original, it's because you can finally understand the words. Yeah. 
Those are my two. Are we uh, getting ready for song? Okay, so we have we have a couple different topic ideas today that have come in. One was from a not a listener, but someone we know. So uh, I'm, we're going to have to call her a fan of the pod, even though she's never listened to it. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think that's. I mean, the I'm chances okay of her being a fan of the pod are at least seventy percent. At least the concept. I'm of interested. The- I'm interested in in those percentages, but I don't think they matter. <laughs> she said that we yeah, should. We should. What ch- matters on this pod? Right. No. Uh, so she said that we should talk about animal derrieres today. I, which I think is interesting, and I, I think it meets the spirit of what we go for a lot here. So, um, and our first instinct is to go for it because, hey, you know, we we want to encourage um, yeah, the listeners people interacting with us and giving right. us ideas right and uh if the goal is to make terrible music it seems like that's a great topic to start with i mean i don't know what's different about an animal derriere than a human i think the idea was we could sexualize it less she doesn't know us well enough. <laughs> yeah I, I think for all of our sakes we should sexualize it less <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Uh, there's anyway. so many things that we shouldn't say about that. I mean, part of me wanted to do the the um, the pun version of it, the dairy air. So it's a cow's butt. It's the air around the dairy. Um, that sounds cheese and milk. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a fan. I mean, because we I, I, yeah, neither am I, but we generally try to take a, a sharp left hand turn. Well, I think I think the other interesting thing was the count that taking the conversation where she suggests that as the topic yeah and where and she suggests the topic and then we just write a song about the entire conversation that you have with her right. about the topic i think like, that's pretty yeah. good that's way better than about dairy ears. right i i'm a big fan right. of that and then the third topic idea which is completely out of left field that i somehow it, it came to me in an epiphany as i was reading through our topic list which was by the way was not on the list at all was I think we should provide directions to Flavor Town. <laughs> just, I can't think of a topic that is more in line with what we do yeah. than Guy Fieri, <laughs> Flavor Town. Just everything like flames on the shirt, flames on the on the refrigerator. I, every aspect of like why we don't already have a Guy Fieri song is beyond. Me. Well, so to me, he's the mayor of Flavor Town, and so, so he's already there. Yeah, he's already he's, there. So you can't be talking to him about so how we, to get to Flavor Town. <laughs> well, he's the perfect person to ask. But maybe we um, speak to the constituents of Flavor Town. <laughs> okay. The we can caucus them. Stop at the gas station in Flavortown and, and see if we can get directions. Yeah, what kind of a, then you're already there. What kind of electoral base does Flavortown have? Maybe um, the 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 towns that lead up to Flavortown. Like, yeah, Jeremy, you're right. We can't talk to the people in Flavortown. We yeah, have to talk to the team, t- towns that lead up to Flavortown. Yeah, like, so like Smell Bagel, City and Bagelville. And, you know. Do you think do you think Flavortown has term limits for the mayor? Um. <laughs> I mean, I maybe this is before FDR where they haven't changed the constitution yet. You know, like he can run as many times and then after he's out, they're like, he was Wait the mayor for way too long. We have to change. We, we have to get that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, two, two terms. I, I mean, which obviously leads me to my next question. When he's ousted as the mayor of Flavortown, who replaces him? 
Oh my god. That's a good question. Okay. There's a lot to unpack here. Uh, <laughs> That's why I love this topic so much. Yeah. It is like I mean, I, really, I it's not even about directions. Album. Yeah, you could just do a concept album on Flavor Town, and it's <laughs> and it's many aspects. So, I I just got just, way too excited about this topic. I don't want to shut down our one fan's idea. I mean, she isn't even following us on Twitter, so I mean, how big of a fan can she be? Um, <laughs> She's heard zero episodes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But <laughs> I so I don't want to shut down dairy right, air. So but maybe we I, think I mean we should maybe them. out yeah, exactly. Outside, maybe What's we're the, speaking to speaking to some farmers uh about how to get to Flavortown. Yeah. So the you know? butts of Flavortown? Yeah. Maybe maybe he's uh roasting a rump. Um that right, sounded I, weirder than I want it to be, but Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Uh I'm ready to go on this one. All right, so. let's do it. If anybody hasn't listened to this podcast before, what we do is we write a song from beginning to end, start to finish. Mike is our musical talent. And actually, Jeremy, we haven't, I don't know if we've told this to you yet, but I got to sing on last week's did you song. Know? Yeah. I did a little call and response. So I got the very, my, the very first non-Mike music on this pod. So we might be able to actually put our vocal stamp on this sucker. Um, so, here, so here we are. Mike is the musical talent. Jeremy and I will careen him off track with giving our suggestions, yelling out terrible things to say, and probably just entertaining ourselves. And Mike does his own thing. So right now, it is time for the montage. Have you thought about a montage? So what does Flavor Town sound like to you, Mike? A TGI Fridays. <laughs> like I want to get super excited about going to a TGI Fridays. <laughs> I don't acceptable? think he ever did his show on a Fridays. He did tons of commercials for Fridays. <laughs> this is hideous. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> How do you like it so far? Are you going to be able to sing over that at all? Uh, I, I don't know that it needs um, sung. I don't know yet. Oh, this is a concept album? Yeah, it could just be spoken word. The synth represents the northerly direction of heading to your closest Fridays. <laughs> what if we do a sizzling griddle and it gets louder as it goes on as we get closer? I want my food to make noise. <laughs> Part of me wants one of the lines to be the road to Flavor Town is paved as something. That's really what I want one of the lines. Nacho to be. cheese. Yeah. Better than tears, yes. Still stings. Let me see. I'm gonna listen to this once and see if we can throw any lyrics over. <laughs> we cannot hear, but I hear little bits and pieces. Yeah. But I hear hollow. What's a jalapeno popper smell like? Sound like? And I love it. Flaming hot Cheetos, pickles in a condom. In a condom. <laughs> Just I'm on. Uh, condom, I don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> I'm on, yeah, I'm on Reddit's shitty food porn subreddit, uh, <laughs> and I'm just scrolling through, naming things I see, and this is a condom filled with pickles. Sliced pickles. Or? Yes, sliced pickles <laughs> okay. and all okay. the dill. Yeah, <laughs> like it's still, doesn't matter to yeah. me. <laughs> it's Bill definitely less dill. weird. It's way more interesting. And that's what should be in the background. It's just you reading that. <laughs> Tater tot casserole I made last night. How's Dinte ramen? <laughs> All right. So the part where I thought it was good uh, was totally wrong. <laughs> Which I don't know if that means I should delete it or keep it. 
This is the conundrum of this podcast. What I really want is like that you change to rapper B and you're like speed rapping. I can try it. If the Baja men can get a Grammy, you can speed rap about Flavor Town. <laughs> <laughs> gotta do it right. Slamming Flamin' Hot Cheetos to the end of the night. Corn dog. This is so stupid. I mean, that's what we're going for. No, I, I'm basically putting zero thought into anything. Welcome to my life. I'm currently watching a video of Guy Fieri and Vanilla Ice together with a, f- a Mustang 5.0. And so I feel just like a giant hug of this podcast all at the oh, same time. You are ultimately inspired is really what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, the water's warm. I'm ready to come on in. to wrap, but I think that that last section absolutely <laughs> needs to be in the montage. So... <laughs> Welcome back from that awesome montage. That was our road to Flavortown. For the record, Mike, I want you to know that I am on board with Guy Fieri. A good friend of mine, Shane, had like a six-minute bit about what in the hell, why does everybody shit all over Guy Fieri? And I don't I don't believe that's what we're doing. It was like, what did he ever do wrong what did he ever do other than follow his dream you know and he does all these things like promoting small businesses and giving to the poor and things like that i want anybody to know that i'm completely a million percent on board with guy fieri his style is inspiring i i think it's like bam bam bigelow meets the lead singer of smash mouth (laughs) i I don't know how much I want to, I mean, do we want to go into this on another podcast about my love for Smash Mouth <laughs> <laughs> and my my ties to Smash Mouth? No, um, I think the song we've written this week is terrible. Yes. And, I just want to make uh, sure that we're not, like, I, I'm not criticizing Guy Fieri at all. I, I will say that, like, if you're giving me the choice of criticizing, you know, Guy or Nickelback... Uh, guy is going to win that battle 100% of the time. I don't think I'm ever going to criticize Guy Fieri. Well, I, I mean, he could murder someone. I don't know that I'm not going to criticize him, but I don't think, I, I just saying, he's not the worst at all. Um, anyway, was a, if you actually a positive inspiration for this song, let's just say that. So, yes. If you haven't heard the bit from Shane Torres, listen to it. His album is wonderful. Uh, so, my first question to you is Mike, you came up with this beat nearly instantly didn't fiddle with it how and why (laughs) is my question i clicked some stuff and thought it was interesting and left it (laughs) i a lot of our limitations for why our song sounds so bad is that i just click on a drum loop and slide it in there and that's the end of it we don't do a lot of arrangement and a lot of your response was, this is terrible. Let's keep it. I love it. That was pretty much, yeah, that was it. Uh, and that's so much of the battle of this song the whole time. Right. Is, and then I put it is like this a, too bad? Two synths that are, I mean, one of them had some weird pattern that went behind it and sounded terrible. And the other one was just basically the same thing, but an octave lower so that you had some bass, right? Um, and then there was very little musicianship involved with this entire song. Let's just be super clear. And then we spent a lot of time on lyrics. We spent more time on lyrics in this song than I think we have on most of our others. I'm partially because you wrote lyrics and I and I also wrote yes. lyrics. Yes. I've never written lyrics right. before. And we did spend a little songs. bit of time trying to patch Jason in to get to get the best recording we could out of him, which it totally bought me time, which was wonderful. Right. It, and let's just say that his recording is not the greatest in the in sound quality, 
But I actually, I like the lyrics. I think they're pretty good. I think he was browsing a subreddit called Shitty Food Porn, and that was I was inspiration. So, absolutely scrolling through the subreddit Shitty Food Porn and just writing down the things I saw. Like there, what didn't get into the song was I saw a photo of a condom that was filled with sliced dill pickles and dill juice. I feel like that actually is in the song. Is it? I, I think I, I don't. Did I? Did I write that? Let's see. I mean, no, oh, I did. I write. I, I did write pickles in a condom yeah I, yeah i didn't i didn't really go into full description it was sliced dill pickles uh with the juice other things that didn't make it sh- charred covered in taco bell hot sauce uh generic mac and cheese on a frozen pizza cheese toast ice cream bar were all things that didn't make it and also i really wanted to have um nutella because it looked like something that came out of an animal's derriere, and I couldn't figure out. That was one of our. We our, did not our work that into the song. Really. We tried. We had the song. Was we tried really hard to get derriere. It didn't work out very well. Uh, Some it, yeah. So what keep it, it in mind? Just, maybe maybe it'll just be a uh, revisited theme. Uh, who knows? So it was. We totally. There were at least several efforts. It wasn't like we ditched it immediately. No, there were four or five efforts on almost everything. So it just didn't work, um, and. You know, I know that you're thinking, well, if it didn't work, isn't that what part of what makes a song terrible? And yes, we, we can't answer that in any meaningful way at this point. I, so, whenever I do this, uh, this, this podcast, the worse I am at figuring out what's good or bad. Uh, it was so hard to know so, what to throw away yeah. and what not to. Yeah, there were takes that were terrible and I deleted them. And then I was like, maybe those were the right takes. So we, we, you know, we do what we can. What I like about this song is it's got a little bit of rap a little bit of music, a little bit of songs, a speed rap from Jason in the, in the, at the end, which was what, that was one of my favorite things. And we talk about flavor town and what's not to love about flavor town. I think, you know, the, the inspiration for this song was you work in a business, you've got your khakis and your polo and your badge on your belt. And you take a little bit longer of a lunch on Friday because it's Friday. And that's the kind of rebel you are. And you go to the TGI Fridays and not only do you get a lunch, but you get the jalapeno poppers as an appetizer because you're living large. I do love jalapeno poppers. And, I'm not going to lie. You, know, you throw down the 20 as you're going to walk out because you're all running out of time and the build takes too long to get there. But the 20 includes the tip. And that's really <laughs> the theme of, of this whole thing is, you know, this is the Friday lunch for the business goer. And I, this is a million percent your life back at, at one in the day. In my life at one point, this <laughs> could not have been a more true story. <laughs> so I'm, I'm happy we were able to capture that moment uh, in all of its terrible glory and rap about some terrible things in the background and, and also throw some homage to uh, guy and, and flavor town. So here it is. Here's your song this week. I think it's terrible. What do you think? All right, enough talk. Let's debut this thing. The new worst song ever. You're welcome. I've got a T-bone. I've got some caviar, but I've got cravings. And now they've gone too far. Excuse me. But do you have the time? Because I've got 75 minutes on the company's dime. I need some flavor. We're talking twist after twist after twist of lime 
I need some jalapenos and I need some sizzle. I need food that makes noise and I need cheese that drizzles. You see, I've got $20 and that includes the tip. It's Friday at lunch, so let's cut loose with that shit. I've got my khakis on and my polo shirt with my badge on my belt. We're all ready to get hurt. I was all business this morning. It's food without warning. Can you tell me how to get to Flavortown? I need to go to Flavortown for the next 45 minutes or so. I need to be in Flavortown. Hey, let's go. Gotta do it right. Slimming, flimming hot Cheetos to the end of the night. Corn dog pancakes about to get loose. Chatter popsicles. Oh, my caboose. Then a porridge made of jello. Pickles and I can't believe it. My fellow mayonnaise pasta. You know what I mean? Gotta know the mayor of Flavortown and shirts. The restrooms are clean. I need to go to Flavortown for the next 45 minutes or so. I need to be in Flavortown. And we're back. All right. So what are the problems for me, Mike? Uh, so, yes, I rapped over that. Um, first off, you said that we weren't going to rap because you're not a good rapper. Um, and then we all of that is nearly true. immediately went to that sort of uh, genre. Why? I am still not a good rapper, for the record. No, but why did we go that route immediately? Uh, I think because the beat and the the synths kind of lend itself there. Like I didn't get out a guitar in this song or a mandolin or anything. This was this was a purely instrumental, you know, kind of keyboard driven song. One of the few, yeah. one of the that you haven't pulled out. Some of them was really fun, just because it's not. This is not my comfort zone, and so getting out of my comfort zone is really fun. But I, when we were kind of pl- toying with the idea of this podcast, I think uh, Jason and I went back and forth, and I added and ended up editing a couple things that we were talking about and turning it into a little teaser that was literally a teaser that Jason and I shared. Um, so terrible teaser for anybody listening today. But and one of them was. Uh, should we become rappers was one of Jason's questions. And I think my answer was absolutely no. Uh, mostly because I like rap is not a genre that I'm super well versed in. Obviously, if you listen to any of this podcast, you know that um, if it was after aftermath records, I'm out. So, but it doesn't mean I will, I still won't try every now and then to rap. And I think I have a lot of respect for people that can rap and do it really well and write good lyrics. It's not my cup of tea normally, but every now and then I hear something and it does really amaze me. This is not one of those things. One of the things that was really hard for me was because of your computer taking in my words, whenever I started singing, I stopped hearing the music. So then I just kept going at what I hope was the cadence and beat. It probably made things shittier. <laughs> and so, so we totally, lo- I was like, we could have nitpicked to try to get things closer to the beat, but it was just, you know what? Let's not do it. Like it's... I think it has like a certain ODB quality to it that we can. Have- God, is that the highest compliment I've ever received in my life? Uh, I have no idea. It, it's very close. <laughs> if it isn't up there, it, it very. God, I love old dirty bastard. If it came from anyone other than you, I would. I might die with this one um, and repeat it constantly. I because you're not the biggest rap connoisseur I've ever met in my life. I I just like 
Where am I in the list of rap connoisseurs you've met in your life? Very near the bottom. <laughs> I mean, of the people who listen to music. What if I in my age group? <laughs> I'll I'll get back to you on that. So one of the things I really wanted badly is I really wanted Jeremy to be the rapper on this song because I was lucky enough to be in the call and response of the last one. And so, but unfortunately he had to go to bed. The thing that I kept saying to you, Mike, was, can we make this dumber? And your response was, it's pretty dumb. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could have added some sound effects. Uh, I think Jason asked for some sizzling fajita sound effects more than once. That's like, unfortunately, that's like my go-to. I think in, it's great. Certain- I just think they're not in the sample library. They would have taken a little while to pull up. Um, you know, if you want to make the peak shitty song, Maybe that's what we should do for the season closer is really try and lean in and, you know, do like the the pet sounds or Sergeant Peppers of shitty songs and like really work on it in the studio for a long time. I like where you're going with this. Cracks me up just saying it. I love it. Um, so, but, um, you know, we try and time box these two. Uh, you know, usually it's about 70 minutes start to finish and we accomplished that today. So, it's not good. <laughs> so... Anything else that you would uh, unanswered questions? Uh, how do you get to Flavortown? I was going to say, who is the secretary and vice president of Flavortown, and can we get written in on the ballot? I it's just I, I want to be like an undersecretary, you know, like a fourth in line in case he gets shot, like the secretary then, of education for Flavortown. You know, yeah, you know, like there, there's heart disease and the vice president yeah, because I'll, he I'll had be, way too many. I'll be secretary of the interior for Flavortown. Yeah. I think is the guy who goes to yard sales and staples shit to the walls. <laughs> it sounds like the way to go. I really want to be in succession, but have none of the responsibilities of, because I don't think I could really follow through. That being it's said, like if you're an elected official in Flavortown, the company car is like a <gasps> T-Bird T-Tops. Oh my God. Never mind. I at least want to be vice president. With the if you get a company car, Jiminy Chris. What is the car? Like it's it's a nineteen eighties trans. Doesn't matter. I don't care. Anything that's in the top ten, I want on board. Like Yeah, Trans Am. Oh it's it's a Fiero. Yes. (laughs) Guy do you think Guy Fieri drives a Fiero? The Fieri's Fiero? Well, because he can't afford a Ferrari, right? (laughs) Oh, I guarantee he can afford a Ferrari. I guarantee you're right. But a Fiero is way funnier. Yes. I mean, even it's like a, a used 82 uh, Ferrari, you know, like for 35 grand I with some mechanical issues. Here, here's something you probably don't know about me. At one time, my dad had a Fiero. Gosh. It, and it was a really fun car. So. Was it front wheel drive? They said it was a par- poor man's Ferrari. I don't even know. I was like was probably. nine. Uh, maybe not even, I need maybe to- not even nine. Maybe like six. I remember there were speakers built into the seats. So like when you wanted to listen to music, the speakers were right behind you. That was pretty cool. Hot damn. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess the last question is, could we have done anything to make this thing worse? I mean, the, the answer is obviously head? yes. That you, want, that you wanted to do if we weren't as time boxed. I think animal sounds. I think... Should have leaned into that. Yeah, some sizzling, you know, some some restaurant sounds. Maybe like a waitress in the corner crying because she's having a bad day, you know, sounds. 
Does Guy have a catchphrase that we could have thrown in there? Because like Emerald has Bam, and I apparently don't know. I don't. Nothing I know of. But my yeah. my entire exposure to Guy is pretty much TGI Friday's commercials. So that's too bad. Probably from ten years ago. So. All right. Well, I say we wrap this thing up. Yeah. I, I want to thank anybody who listened. I want to thank yeah, Guy Theory. Long, you're, you're a trooper. <laughs> hey, it's, you can tweet us. Yeah, everybody's everybody. Pod. Yeah, and please tweet us, us. Terrible it was, or if you enjoyed the experience, we're happy to hear about it either way. We're not offended if you hate us. We expect it. Give us suggestions, and we'll probably act like we're going to use them in real life and then completely not use them at all. I Even our own suggestions we don't use. Yeah, we have a list of so many suggestions, and some of them are so... Atrocious. Like Some of them are so good that they're going to be too good, and some of them are so bad that we don't know how to do it, and some of them just make me laugh, and those are the ones we usually pick out. I like that we use... I, I can't believe it took us this long to use this one, and the fact that we did makes my heart feel good, so... I, I want to thank you, and I want to thank Jeremy. I want to thank Guy Fieri, who, Jer- uh, uh, Mike, are we following on Twitter? We're, we're, we have to be. We're going to. Okay. Uh, also, the Baja men. I don't want to thank the Baja men. I do. I do. It's been a while. I, I let off for a while because it made you feel better. But I just the worst musician to ever win a Grammy? Uh, that's a, a debate for another day. Yeah, no, I think it is. I think that should be our, we, we should pick that up for the next time. It might be, well, anyway, lots of other people. So, uh, Mike, anybody, uh, anything you want to say before we go? Uh, be sure to tip your waitress. Even if it's only $20 that you have in your pocket, please only order $16 of jalapeno poppers. All right. That is our new worst song you are listening to. Welcome to Flavortown. I think it was directions to Flavortown. Or the path of Flavortown. Yeah, how do I get to Flavortown? We, again with the names, we're not so good. I've got my khakis on and my polo shirt. With my badge on my belt, we're all ready to get hurt. I was all business this morning. It's food without warning. Can you tell me how to get to Flavortown? I need to go to Flavortown for the next 45 minutes or so. I need to Gosh, I can't believe get... Flavortown is our topic. Like, I don't think I could be any happier. <laughs> Can you tell me how to get? How to get so, I can't, Flavortown. like, it makes me sad that that wasn't my suggestion. Hey, sometimes I can <laughs> out you, you. So, uh, oh, sometimes I, I had a woman who worked for me at, at my last job. And she, she was a recent college grad. And when she graduated college, uh, I think on her graduating cap, she like wrote in masking tape something about Flavortown. I think it was Next Stop Flavortown. Um, <laughs> because she was she's really into memes. And I appreciate that through and through. We're <laughs> so. jalapeno pop, 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 popping off. <laughs> <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> so the first thing that pops up on Twitter at Guy Fieri says in the culinary justice system, flavor based fences are considered especially heinous in Flavortown. The one dedicated detective who investigates bland food is a leader of an elite squad known as sketchy chef unit. These are Guy Fieri's stories. Hashtag dun dun. <laughs> Hashtag the laws of Flavortown. I mean, he is, 
he is a part of the government of Flavortown. I want to get animal derriere in here somehow, but I it, I think no matter how I do it, it's creepy. Which I'm not that doesn't rule it out. I just, I just don't know how to do it yet. Um, Since when has that stopped us? Right. I right. mean, if, if creepy is the, the line we're drawing. We should just stop the podcast already. I mean, Dirty Uncle Mike basically <laughs> crashed this thing to a halt. Yeah, just smashed through that wall and kept <laughs> just, going. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kool-Aid man is in town. All right. I wasn't going to talk about the Super Bowl, but now I'm going to because the Kool-Aid man thing where he was crying at the the, little, the Mr. Peanut funeral. I did not watch the commercials. Uh, I did not watch it at all. Well, or the first half. Wow. I feel... Weird that wow. I'm the one who watched. You love three of us. football way more than everybody yeah, that's on the really planet. True, uh, but the hashtag. So, like, Mr. Peanut died, right? Which that was a few days ago before the before the uh, right the Super Bowl, and now they have Baby Nut. Is it their way of like capitalizing over baby, baby Yoda? Right? Yeah, no, it absolutely okay. is. Okay. Only mm-hmm. hashtag Baby Nut. <laughs> I'm just gonna that could be that could be anything, <laughs> just anything. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's where they went with that. Maybe oh, not. I was really afraid when I heard about that. I was afraid about it, and I didn't want to investigate it further. Right? Because so, the FBI and, and you should. You. Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah. That's not something you can Google. Knock right. knock. No. I'm, like, I'm like, they just made the FBI's job way harder. <laughs> if you want me to try and do your lyrics, I can do that. I mean, I don't think my lyrics are bad. I think my rhythm, like it's one of the things that I learned watching a thing about Dr. Dre and Snoop, who I do both have mad respect for, is the lyrics are one thing, but the rhythm and how you punch it when you're rapping matters if like at least as much as the lyrics, if not more. And I think that was something that Dre understood at a level that very few did in that era and i have no understanding of it but i appreciate that other people do (laughs) i wonder if i understand it well like when you think about you know snoop dog came on in uh the next episode right and uh and it was one two three into the four but like dr dre's telling him to say you need to go like one and then really emphasize two and then back off on three like if you listen to him actually talking to him about how to even say those lines it's amazing and you're just like wow so like snoop wrote one two three into the four snoop dog 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 into the door and 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 dre's like you got to say it like this to have the punch and the effect that we want in the song i just like that to me was it was like next level i just i don't know um, yeah, I mean, Dre was there with Easy E, and Easy E was not a rapper, hmm. and like right, Easy E was, was, was the lyricist, right? So, well, I mean, well, Easy E was, 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 I guess, DOC was really the lyricist, but yeah, he was coached into being what he was. Uh, on, I mean, it's you know, in in a lot of the versions of the story that I've heard, so it makes se- like it makes sense that he would be good at coaching if he's been around at least for it, if he wasn't involved in it for yeah. like, years before. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there was that, and then, yeah, DOC was really the lyricist, I guess, but yeah. Anyway, I just think about that. When I think about rapping, I'm always thinking about, like, what syllables do you hit hard? Which ones do you back off on? Do you change pitch on things? Like, I, rap is way more musical than I think I wanted to ever get credit for. Um, 
And like, there's a lot of shitty rap, don't get me wrong. Yeah. There's a lot of shitty Well, there's a lot of shitty everything. Yeah. Right, exactly. I want to work at an animal dairy or somewhere in there. I mean, I tried, the, I didn't the, like line, the way it worked at all. So. The line that I had was sometimes Nutella looks like it came from a dairy air. <laughs> or some, like, that was. <laughs> the, <laughs> in literally zero wings. <laughs> Just because I'm a broke vegan doesn't mean I can't go to Flavortown. All right, so we need a, a verse about vegans in Flavortown. I'm not sure if that's true, but. I'm not sure it's not true. Did you know that there's food that they only sell in prison? There are chips that they only sell in prison that people love, and you have you can like order it off eBay, and like people really dig it. It's a whole thing that I watched way too much about. It was like people making prison Cheeto food. It's like a. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I'm gonna be quiet now. I apparently know too much about shitty food. 